listening to Drunk Parents. I'm Rachel. I'm Steve. And our kids are in bed. So we're drinking. We're drinking um, winter margaritas tonight. They're fantastic. So the difference between a winter margarita and a regular margarita is that you add another type of liquor <laughs> on top of the, the tequila. Right. You add mezcal. 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 Is that how you say it? You add mezcal. So it's a shot of tequila, a shot of mezcal, shot of um, lime, lime juice, juice, and an egg white. And an egg white. Oh, and you, some simple syrup. And Right. You, it's basically a margarita from scratch. We didn't use no mix or anything. No, no, we did not. But uh, yeah, you shake it up with some ice and it makes it a little... Frothy. Frothy and uh, the smoky of the smoky flavor of the mezcal makes it wintry. Mm-hmm. Winter margarita. Because it's winter, fuckers. Right. Well, it's cold out. It's cold. Here in New Jersey. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Where we were this week, it was not cold. No, it was not. Where were we this week, Rachel? Orlando, Florida. <laughs> right, right. Visiting Disney World. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard yeah, of a place called... Yeah, I'm not sure if people are familiar. Disney World. It's a place for families kind to of, go. Kind of a hidden gym. Right. Not many people have heard about it, but we took our kids there. That was... It was terrifying. <laughs> It exhausted. It's exhausting and terrifying. It was an ass- it was an assault on our senses. All of and our souls. senses. Yes. All of our senses. Yeah. I learned a lot about myself this week. <laughs> what are the kinds of things you learned about yourself? I'm very impatient. Yes. I don't like lines. No. And and for some reason I think I'm worthy of never having to stand in a line. Right. You think you're better than I don't know why I think that. Everybody, right. I think everyone thinks that, so I'm not going to beat myself that up too much about it. you think you should be special it. and not have to wait. I don't want to stand like, in the lines line. are for everyone else. They're for the peasants and peons, and you should just get right to the front. Exactly. Yes. That's what I, mean, I our believe. Our kids definitely felt that way. Yeah. You know what? It was a good learning experience for them, having to wait in a line. It was. They actually handled it pretty well. They did. And thank God for a fast pass. I'm sure everyone that's listening is familiar with the pa- the fast pass system. It was not as fast as the name implies. It's not very fast, but better than yeah, it's not like having medium it, pace for sure. Yes, pass. So there were a couple topics that I thought we would talk about related to our trip to Disney. Yeah, just kind of a little recap there. Yeah. Okay. First off, this is going to be very judgmental. It's really okay. hard for most. I don't know if our listeners are as judgmental as we are, but we're kind of judgmental people. We keep it in check, I think, a lot, but deep down, we're judging. We're awful. Yeah. We're horrible. We're pretty bad. Evil people. Yes, we are. Yeah, I think people who are familiar with us and have been listening for a while already know that. Right. If you don't, you're going to find that out soon. So, (laughs) the rascals. The rascals run rampant in Disney. By rascal, I'm sure you know, I mean a motorized scooter kind of thing. Now, if... You have a broken leg, or if you have MS. Debilitating arthritis. Or, yes, if you are very old and can't walk around. If you're disabled. Right. You By all means. Yes, please. That's what grab rascals a were rascal. made for. That's what they were made for. Yeah, although technically you should be able to go to your doctor and get a wheelchair. Technically. Yeah, but this is motorized. Yeah, I can see. I can see the benefits. This way nobody has to push you. Yes, which is so, nice. So that's fine. That's... But... In Disney, there are a lot of people that seem to just have fully functioning legs. Yeah. And they just kind of look overweight and lazy. They do. And there's also people who just look lazy. There's also people who aren't even overweight. They're just like lazy. 
this you should, you like do. drives me up a fucking wall. Basically, you're saying, yeah, my legs work, but I choose to not use them. What? Yeah. So I'm gonna take up three seats on the bus. Yeah. I'm gonna park in a handicapped spot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cut to the front of the line. I'm basically gonna make. I'm gonna be a bottleneck all day long. Basically, because I'm t- I'm just tired. My leg. I don't. My I'm legs tired. hurt, and nobody oh. else's legs hurt. No, right. Nobody else's. Nobody else gets tired walking around all day. I'm the only one. That's why I need this rascal. But I have a feeling. So I, I looked at these people with. Just pure disgust, disgust. and disdain. Yes. Like, I, I think they're the scum of the earth. <laughs> if you're using a rascal and you don't need it, you are the problem. You are the problem. You are a problem. But your own self-interest is going to take care of you because I believe that as you age, the thing that keeps you young is the desire to keep moving. So Disney maybe is a dangling carrot for you. And you're like, I, I want to see Disney. Well, get out there and walk and see it. It's it's all there for you. That's the thing that becomes obvious. If you are thinking, oh, I can't walk around all day at Disney, then you need to be walking around. You need to around. figure out. Start start yes. a couch to 5K program. Maybe you're not running, but maybe you're walking. You and should be Your walking goal yes. for a year should be, I want to walk around Disney for six hours. Right. And if you need to take a break, that's fine. But you That's fine. There's are, plenty of places to You should to take be up breaks. there walking around. Yeah. Not, that should be part of your motivation to keep moving. Right. Not thinking, oh, I don't have to get mobile enough to walk around Disney. I'm just going to get this rascal. Yeah. Your point is that's the mentality that's going to weed you out. That of is. The herd. Yeah. Yeah. I, that probably makes me a horrible person. We're terrible people. I'm judgmental. I mean, we, Absolutely. We started this. But off. like we said, if you need a rascal, by all means, yes, take it. We're not, that's not no, judging that's you if you fine. need a rascal. But I I find it very hard to believe all these people need rascals. There, it was like impossible. a fleet, a I fleet mean, of rascals. I thought it was the apocalypse. I thought this was like, you know, I, the one of the four horsemen is just like, it was like people on rascals who don't need them. It was like biker week in Daytona, but for rascals yeah. in the Magic Kingdom, a whole lot less badass. Terrible. It's just so, softest, most doughy people you've ever seen in your life. So prepare yourself. For fleets of unnecessary rascals. I feel like people, everyone we're talking to has been to Disney World. I was, I don't know. I was not prepared for that. I was not prepared. You know another thing I wasn't prepared for? What's that? The t-shirts. I wasn't ready for the t-shirts. There are some bad. There are some bad Really bad t-shirts. That people are very proud of. Oh, God. (laughs) I think the thing that gets me about the t-shirts is everyone, it seems that everyone gets them for their families. Thinking that they're unique. That they're the only family. That they're that the has. only family that's going to have these. And I can't tell you how many mommy mouse, daddy mouse, big brother mouse, little brother mouse shirts I saw. Pretty much that every was, other family. That was had like every other them. family had them. And yes. I was looking at us and I was like, did we not get a memo? Like, is this something that we're supposed to be doing and we're not? Are we missing out on part of the experience because you're not wearing a daddy mouse t shirt? I don't know. Which, I- by the way, if you did, I don't know if I could have sex with you. Well, ever again. That's the other thing you learn is it doesn't matter because <laughs> Disney World is the least sexy place oh, on earth. Oh God, there is no no sex is being sex had being had no, in Disney World. No, and we had a good setup. We had a suite. The kids were in one room. We were in another. But still, it's, I thought it was going to be a nice little getaway for us too. I thought that not no, so much. That's not what happens. You come home exhausted. Yeah, completely disgusted with kind of mankind and humans in general yeah and just not at all feeling like 
in the mood. Why did I do this? Yeah, life choices. Did I make a huge mistake? You know, like you're kind of sad. It makes you question a lot of things. Everything. And the least thing you want to do is get it in. So you're like get away from me. I could have worn the shirt because it wasn't gonna matter anyway. <laughs> no, the whole No, I could that's something that I could never like I could never unsee that. Right, like now you know what you I mean? Would, yeah, now you wouldn't want to have I sex could, with no, me. No, if no. I was wearing like a that father mouse. A daddy mouse, like that is something that can't be unseen. Like I cannot unsee that and that would just ruin it for me, for you. I'm sorry. No, I mean it's fine. I didn't I had no impulse or desire to wear one of those shirts. Yeah. That's good. I still think it's a good vacation. It's great. For families. Yeah. I still think it's good. Despite. It's awesome. You're not going to have sex. You're going to judge a lot of people. You're going to hate the lines. You're going to question why you should have went there. But you should go once. If you haven't been, you should go. But then don't go back for many years. That Toy Story ride, though. Holy crap. In Hollywood Studios. Yeah, man. That was like worth the whole thing. to color the whole vacation experience a little bit the night before we were supposed to come back our last night there our last night there we're you know checking off some boxes just like doing that toy story ride doing the toy story ride we're gonna see some fireworks just you know whatever the house sitter calls and says that our dog gretel is not doing so well which was not a total surprise no, because her health had been deteriorating. It had been deteriorating. So she's an English bulldog. She how old? Eleven. Eleven. You know, eleven they don't, and a half. They don't she's live old, very right, long. Which is old for a bulldog. Old for a bulldog. And I, honestly, I I thought okay, this is could be potentially bad, but she's been like this before. She's been right, like questionable. Right. We think she's like there's strokes or something, and she's you know kind of deteriorated over the years. So she said, I'm really, really worried about her. I said, you know what? I think she's going to be all right. Like, I, I think in my mind, I honestly thought everything would be totally fine. Like, oh, I, like I didn't think she was going to die like she did. Right. <laughs> oh, well, that, we just told the, we spoiled the spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler alert. Our dogs. Our dog, our dog died. died. Yes. Yeah, she died. While we were at Disney. While we were at Disney. But the last day. So the house sitter texted me and she said, I'm heading over right now. And then she called and she said, yeah, Gretel has passed. Yes. Yeah. So she died. So, so then. We had I, to come. Right. I told her. I, she said, what do you want me to do? I said, nothing. She said, she's in the kitchen. I said, just close the doors and we'll take care of it because when we Because we have home. another dog. We have another dog. Who was fine. Who was not dead. We have no. one living dog. Right. There comes a time in every living being's life where they will, you know, make the transition to the great beyond and. It's been her time for a while. So we ended up making arrangements. This was great. I didn't even know this existed. It's a company called Paws to Heaven. So basically, these are pet undertakers. Right. And they come to your house. They collect your pet. And they're very polite and Very conscientious. Yes, right. Very. They cremate your pet. And then you pick up the ashes later. In a Um, box with a a little plate. Little plaque on it. Yeah. So the undertaker came and <laughs> undertaker took our dog's body that was in the kitchen. Well, I had, oh, that's I well, dragged that's it true. through the house and brought it outside. Was, not like by the that makes it sound like I just dragged her by the foot. She had passed away on her dog bed. Yeah, she looks which so is her cute full body. So I know she looked really cute. Yeah, she did. So I just sort of dragged the bed 
out the back door through the, through because the house. it was we, we just got home and there's a dog body in our kitchen it, yeah. so it seemed you were like no just leave it well that's and, why we're paying these people right. to come get the body but i wanted to you know have a sandwich or like i was hungry it felt felt weird to just be standing there with our dog five feet away uh, she just looked asleep to me right that's what happened so i think i would have been able to dies. make the sandwich more so than than if i had carried her lifeless body outside first i don't know if we should even really admit this part because this talks about how really probably how bad of a job at parenting we're yeah, doing yeah i'm questioning myself right now yeah I got to the point where I was like, I need to get Gretel out of here. Mm -hmm. So I probably could have lifted, like I said, she was on a dog bed. I probably could have lifted the dog bed, but I was like, I'll just drag it. It slides really easily. So I'm dragging it. And then I realized I'm dragging it right by Tatum, (laughs) who's sitting at the dining room table. So I'm doing, and now it's too late. Now I'm committed. And Tatum looked at me as I'm dragging our lifeless dog through the dining room and i'm like what do i do i can't back i can't back up it's done the damage is done so she'll remember that for the you know what she'll probably forget disney like disney never fucking happened all she's gonna remember is her father dragging the family dead dog through the dining room right that has replaced all the memories there was a sheet over thankfully thank god there was a sheet but so I'm dragging this thing, and Tam's kind of looking at me like, this this is what you're doing right now? And so I get her outside. There's only like 10 more feet. And I walk back inside, and I was like, oh, uh, sorry I had to see that, Tatum. And she's like, yeah. And then like went back to like play with her clay. <laughs> like she wasn't traumatized, but she was like, this is this weird. This is weird. Yeah. So that happened. And then that, so we probably handled it completely wrong in so there many was ways. it was so stoic there was no emotion no I, I, we are definitely fucking up our kids we're messing them up like usually when something dies they they never see us and i think it's because like we've had two big experiences with death with while our children right. have been with us and one was the passing of your father and the other was gretel dying and I think both times they didn't see us process any emotion. With your father, I think it was because we didn't let them see it. Right. Like we processed it on our own and we kind of shielded them from it. So like they didn't see emotion then. And then with Gretel, honestly, I didn't really have any emotion. It was time. We knew it was time. And so. you did a little bit, but you didn't necessarily show it. I told them and I talked to them a little bit about it, but... Not much because I thought, well, why try to make them sad? You know, that seems so just so far weird. with our kids. Death has been a very emotionally sterile thing. Oh, so I think when we get the ashes back, we should do. A I burial. agree. Like, I, I think that would be very healthy. We don't really care. There's no reason to put it on the shelf. We don't need to display. Oh, I would put it on a shelf. No, oh. that's fine. We have lots. Well, of I shelves. thought we could also bury it though. We could bury it in the backyard and do like a little funeral service. Or not, you know, service, but like have a little, we all stand around. I'd say some nice things and, yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, I think should, we should do something. We should do something. Definitely. Not ma- I feel like not many people come home from Disney World to a dead dog in their no, kitchen. No, we are probably one of the only people. Yeah. Just a swirl of emotions and learning experiences. Have you listened to the new Kesha album? Not in its entirety. 
It's kind of awesome. Yeah, I know you, do you like, like it. it? Mm, I'm all right with it, right? You like it? I do. I kind of love it. Yeah. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. You put on a song the other day in the car, and I was like, this song could not end fast enough. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I think it's so good. What was it again? It was like something about... Praying. I hope you pray. Yeah. That and was... at the end, she's like... Ah! She gets like crazy. Pretty much. That's... I can't handle it. <laughs> I guess... I don't, I think, you know, like her whole story with the manager and the sexual harassment that happened with her old manager. Yes, Do you yes. know all Yeah, that? I know all he that, took her yeah. This is her first album outside of that, of like, she wasn't able to write music for six years because yeah. if she did it, she had to do it with the producer who sexually harassed her. And so she didn't want to do it with him and yeah. they took it to court, whatever. And this is her first album. So I, I can't help but think about all that must be going on in her head. Yeah when she wrote it and now producing it and so i guess that makes me like it more so i listen the words are super poignant and emotional i find and then i listened to a couple other songs today and i was like damn it if i don't like this album but yeah. i don't think i would ever admit that but here i'm doing it no i think I, I think this is a safe place safe space <laughs> we'll Steve, find you, out. Can, you can admit your your kesha appreciation kind of yes yeah, I mean, I really liked her original, like her stuff years ago. Yeah, I did. When it was poppy. Yeah, exactly. And this- I don't know how I'm going to like her as kind of a ballad singer. I don't know. I don't really have that much of an opinion. I just needed that song to end when you put it on. <laughs> the it second I put it on. It could have been the fact that we were just landed from Disney and we were going home to a dog body. <laughs> In our kitchen, right. and maybe, maybe I just couldn't it. handle it. Maybe, maybe I was just like, I cannot handle this song right now. It was just too much for me. Right, I probably needed more of like a happy, funny song. I'm super embarrassed. Like, I don't think any 42 year old guy is out there thinking, "Oh, I love that new Kesha album." I don't know. They might be. I'd like to think I can't be the only one. Yeah, but that's got to be something that nobody would readily admit. I feel like. I mean, I feel like she's kind of crossing over into more of a mainstream artist. So. All right. Well, for any guys out there who are into Kesha. Turn it up, baby. Yeah. You've got a friend. Blast it out. Who who knows what you're going through (laughs) and who supports that. Don't let the bastards get you down. Oh, no. Don't let the assholes wear you out. Let the mean girls take the crown Don't let the scumbags screw you around Don't let the bastards take you down Here's an observation Mm -hmm. I wanted to share. Uh, Earlier today, after we worked out, I was taking a shower and thinking about what our night was going to be and no sitter, but I knew we were going to podcast and we'd be drinking. And, you know, I was running through the night and I thought, oh, hey, we're there's probably a pretty good chance that we're going to have sex at the end of the night. So, and I just got a little excited and I was like, oh, great. That'll be fine. Cause as we said, there's no sex in Disney. So it's been a little while and I thought, oh, that was fun. And I kind of got excited. But then I thought if I was single and I either was just dating you as a girlfriend or I was going on a date or something and I thought about the probability of sex and I, if it was as high as I thought it would be tonight, mm-hmm. I would have just been kind of like elated or so excited. Like when you're single, if you think, at least for a guy, so this, yeah. my question is going to be if it's the same way for a girl, but if you're a guy 
and you're single and you're going out on a date or for whatever reason you think, oh, there's a pretty good chance mm-hmm. I'm going to have sex at the end of the night, you're it, that's all you're thinking about and you're super excited. How, is it like that at all for you? Or when you were single and dating, would you be excited? I feel like maybe, maybe that's the other thing. Because as a woman, you kind of know whether there's going to be sex at the end of the night. And the guy never really knows. Yeah. Well, if you recall, I wanted to before you did in our relationship. <laughs> so I guess that one night you thought there was going to be. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I've never been, I've never been shot down before. That was the first time I've been shot down for sex in my life. And the only time since. One time in your whole life. Yeah. So um, you don't always know. That's my point. Yeah, but you need, that was a rare, that was like an eclipse. That was a rare occurrence yeah. that also, never happens. Also, it's like maybe I'll want to, maybe I won't. Like, I feel like even now, like I also had uh, had that passing thought where I'm like, oh, we'll probably have sex tonight. Oh, that'll be fun. But I'm like, maybe we won't. Maybe I'll get tired and I'll fall asleep on the couch or like we'll piss each other off and we just don't feel like it for some like reason, you know, or something like that. So you just never kind of know. But I think the difference is for a woman, you know, when I was single and I thought, oh, like it might be tonight, I would like shave all the things. (laughs) Like I would have to take some time out of my day to shave all of the things. There'd be additional prep time. Yes. And like really get in there and like deep squat shaving situation. (laughs) And now I'm like, I don't have to worry about that. No, you don't. I'm like, I just, this is what you get. This is like the situation happening. And you're just going to have to make the best of it. It's (laughs) it's as if you, yeah, uh, yeah, it's fine. The pressure's off a little. Totally, totally. You know, and if things aren't perfect, I'm like, oh, sorry. You're like, I don't care. Like, I guess most women think that guys actually care about all that stuff. I don't think they do. There probably like, would... unless situations are dire. That's my point. There were there would come a point where I would care. Yeah, but you're a far but, cry from. Well, and the most, and that's how it is. Like I think women like stress about like everything. Like most women in winter kind of go a little bit longer without shaving their legs. I'm definitely guilty of that. Sure. But if I was like out there and single and dating, I'd be like, I can't let it go. I know I'm like, I know my legs are covered, but it's got to be an everyday situation for me because you never know when the guy might ask you out for cocktails and when it might be the time and you're like, crap, I haven't shaved. You know, this has got to be it. So like that pressure is off, which is nice. So my comparison was that the anticipation was sort of greater and the excitement was greater Mm -hmm. when I was single and now I'm still excited. It's just, you know, it's a more common thing. So it's not as huge of a deal. Does that register at all? Or you're more thinking about the level of maintenance that has to happen? I also think like when you're first dating someone and it's just get your, this is new for the two of you. I think you're nervous a little bit. And I think the nerves actually contribute to a level of excitement. That's true. Because you're like, oh, is it going to go well? Like, or is it going to be right? Like, maybe we're just not compatible. Who knows? Like, maybe I'm going to do something weird. or Maybe, like, I'm into things they're not into or vice versa. Or is he going to try to put it in my butt? You know, like, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Like, you're, like, worried about. The, actually, I think the nervousness contribute, contributes to a level of excitement. I could, yes. That, but but totally. now we know exactly the situation. 
we know exactly how it's probably going to go unless you've suddenly learned some new tricks, which would be concerning. You know, because where did I learn? Because where tricks? did that come from? Right. So there's basically now that with within you know five degrees, you know. Yeah, like roughly. I'm like okay, this is, and I'm so, but I, so I think in that level of comfort, the some of the excitement kind of naturally goes away. Right. But you get a level of comfort where you're like, I can just get it in. And I'll if you didn't shave today, that's fine. Bust out a few O's. It's going to be exactly like it always is. It's going to be great. And then oh. I'm going to feel awesome and go to sleep. It'll be nice. It's not like, oh, my God, you don't have the worry. Right. Okay. Which is some a little bit it's less exciting. I mean, it's a trade-off. But it's, it's, it's much more comfortable and nice. Also, it's a given. Like, you don't have to try. Right. Well, I'll still have to try. You will definitely have to try tonight. Yeah. I'm <laughs> tired. <laughs> yeah. talking about last week the differences between generation x and millennials right and you know i'm kind of a cusper yes you're right in there well i read an article today that suggests that there is a micro generation and they're like the little generations between like for cuspers so like it probably won't be something that you know goes through as like an official thing, but there's one for you there's know like in betweeners. There's in betweeners basically. So this article said that people born between 1977 and 1983 are exennials. Exennials. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, you have the flannel wearing apathy <laughs> of a jet Xer of an Xer, but you also strangely have this this drive and this like feeling that you're owed something and you're better than everybody right, else. a little bit of an entitlement entitlement you yeah have both of those things <laughs> i do i definitely do it said you know the ease of technology is a little bit easier for this group compared to xers because they've grown up with it too just like millennials right, have right. to a degree so i thought that was kind of cool i'm an exennial exennial okay yeah solidly i mean officially an Xer, but like I identify with that. So I thought that was interesting. It's good. I wonder what the next in-betweener will be because they started already talking about like Gen Z as the next generation after millennials that they're the ones that are like 12 and 13 now and already everyone is starting to look to them because millennials now are in their 30s and starting yeah they're to having have babies yes. we probably have millennials who listen to this podcast right and so they're starting to settle down a little bit yeah. so eyes are already looking on the the gen z but there's an in-betweener in mm-hmm. there there's gonna be a betweener there's that's a betweener, right so. we'll have to see what defines the i'm sure they'll be entitled to the younger generations are always entitled they i feel like are. that's what all the old people say that's so true back in my day yeah. i was respectful of my elders even <laughs> though right. we were you were not Okay, so that about wraps it up for this week's episode. If you'd like to catch up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Drunk Parents. You can email us any cocktail suggestions or topics or your thoughts and feelings about Disney at uh, Rachel. What's our email address? Drunk Parents Say What at gmail.com. Right. And you can also catch up with past episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or on drunkparents.squarespace.com. 
So uh, until next time, may your parenting be easy. And your cocktails be strong. Bye, everybody. Bye.